This is episode number 505 with Hadelaine de Ponteve, machine learning educator to millions and Bollywood actor. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is John Crone, a chief data scientist and best-selling author on deep learning. Each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build a successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast. We've got a fun and nostalgic one for you today with Hadelaine de Pontel. Hadelaine is perhaps best known to listeners of this program as a renowned educator on machine learning. Through his long-standing partnership with the super data science company that bankrolls this very podcast, Hadelin has created and presented 30 extremely popular Udemy courses on machine learning topics like deep learning, machine vision, natural language processing, and artificial intelligence. In all, his videos have sold more than 2 million copies, enabling Hadelin's work to impact at least 1.4 million unique students so far. Prior to his epic creative period publishing machine learning courses, Hadelin studied math, engineering, and AI at the University Paris-Saclay in Paris, France, a world-leading mathematics institution, and he also worked as a data engineer at Google. More recently, Hadelin has written a book called AI Crash Course and was co-founder and CEO of Blue Life AI, an ML training and consulting company. In today's episode, however, will primarily focus on Hadelin's recent shift toward acting in mainstream films. Specifically, we'll discuss the characteristics that enable an outstanding data scientist to excel in any pursuit. We'll talk about how to cultivate your passion and achieve your dreams, no matter what they might be. And we'll talk about trends, similarities, and differences between the Eastern Bollywood cinema industry and the Western Hollywood industry. Early on in this episode, we do get a little technical discussing machine learning topics like the TensorFlow Developer Certificate and software modules for deploying deep learning models into production systems, but the episode opens up into a broadly inspiring and insightful conversation that should be enjoyable to anyone looking to find their passion and execute on it. This is a cool one. You ready for it? Let's go. Hadelin, welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. It's amazing that you're here. I've known so much about you over the years, but we've never actually met. So we're kind of meeting on air. There will be audience members out there who know you even better than I do. Uh, but I'm sure everyone is looking forward to getting caught up on what you've been up to lately. Hadelin, how are you? Where in the world are you? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm I'm very I'm very happy these days, uh, and I, I am in Dubai. And John, it's uh, so nice to meet you. Kirill told me so much about you. Well, yeah, truly, it is an honor. Um, that is mostly how I've heard about you is through the amazing things that uh, the previous host of the show, Kirill Aramenko, has said about you. So, you've had three Super Data Science episodes. Uh, yeah. The most recent one was number three twenty seven, which was. In January 2020, it was on data science trends looking forward um, yes. over that year. 
And um, you and Kirill have collaborated on so much over the years, not just a few Super Data Science episodes, but you guys uh, work together on the Super Data Science Company, on Blue Life AI, um, which we can talk a little bit about. You've collaborated on dozens of best-selling Udemy courses on machine learning and AI, some of the yeah. best-selling Udemy courses of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, you guys know each other so well, but yeah, here we are getting to meet each other. So Hadelin, um, what have you been up to since you were last on the episode? Um, I understand there's been quite a bit. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it, indeed, uh, beginning of 2020 was quite a while since the last uh, uh, podcast episode. So uh, we have a lot to catch up. Um, all right. So I've been up to two big projects. Uh, the first one is uh, related to uh, data science and the other one is uh, uh, not related to data science. Uh, so let's <laughs> talk about the first one. Um, the first one is uh, that big uh, TFC, TensorFlow certification uh, course. Uh, that uh, I took a very long time to make because uh, it's basically a huge course uh, which we therefore released not on Udemy but on our own uh, uh, website uh, which is uh, tfcertification.com and it's basically a course that prepares students to uh, pass the TensorFlow certification exam. Uh, so uh, basically what we do in the course is uh, we of course explain the whole theory uh, of uh, deep learning because you know that's what you do with TensorFlow and we um, give a lot of practical activities on how to uh, solve uh, deep learning problems uh, with TensorFlow. And of course, we do that while covering all the different branches of the exam, you know, uh, which include uh, computer vision, natural language processing, time series uh, prediction. And uh, we even go beyond the scope of the exam because we also teach about uh, TensorFlow Lite. Uh, TensorFlow um, uh, Lite, you know, which you can use on mobile, Raspberry Pi, uh, you know, whether mm -hmm. it is iPhone or Android. And also we, t we, we go beyond the scope by teaching uh, TensorFlow with JavaScript. So it's a huge course in 25 parts, which basically uh, cover the whole uh, uh, TensorFlow ecosystem while focusing on the exam. And uh, uh, the, the plus of this course with respect to other courses, because you can find many courses on how to pass the certification exam, TensorFlow certification exam, is that we give uh, exam samples. So we basically literally took the exam uh, several times and uh, we got familiar with all the exercises and uh, the way to provide the solutions. And uh, we basically uh, offer some exam samples of the real exam, uh, not the exact same questions, of course, but uh, some similar questions. And uh, we uh, give the solutions. We help them... Uh, uh, understand how to provide solutions, code the solutions from start to finish, so that uh, you know when our students take the exam, they are completely familiar with it, and uh, they will basically get very similar questions. So they will, will without a doubt, uh, uh, you know, solve solve uh, the questions and succeed the exams. So that's a big, big project we have been uh, working on for quite a while. It's done now. It's out. Nice. Uh, I already did. Can uh, I ask you? A couple questions about that project before you move on to the big of second course, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second as project. much as you want. So, as many as you want. Yeah, so this TensorFlow certificate, I've known about it since the autumn when it was launched, and I've always thought it was a brilliant course. So uh, first you. of all, yeah, because not only because you know, I agree that these uh, these subjects that you're covering, machine vision, natural language processing, time series analysis, these yeah. are kind of the big application areas of deep learning. And so Absolutely. somebody can yeah, somebody can get 
very much up to speed on the most important parts, um, but then also to include um, how you can deploy these TensorFlow models into lots of different situations. This is one of the most powerful things about TensorFlow and still exactly. today, what makes it, for example, if you're doing production implementations of TensorFlow models, of deep learning models, why it might be a much better choice than PyTorch for you because of these things like the TensorFlow Lite library that you mentioned for deploying into phones yes. um, or Raspberry Pi. And very cool, TensorFlow.js for deploying into people's browsers so that their Dude. own browser can do the and run the model. Super cool. Yes, model. yes. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned PyTorch because, uh, uh, to be honest, at the very beginning, you know, uh, when uh, all these platforms were out, there were basically TensorFlow and PyTorch. And uh, I had a preference for uh, PyTorch. I even say that in my uh, earlier courses. Uh, but uh, since TensorFlow 2.0, I'm a complete fan of TensorFlow. Uh, and now I prefer TensorFlow. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I can understand that. The TensorFlow 2 release was a big deal. Um, oh, it yes. made it so that we had this imperative execution very much like PyTorch. I think the TensorFlow developers felt like PyTorch was so easy to use, you could get uh, results so quickly and intuitively in even like a Jupyter notebook in a way that you couldn't with TensorFlow 1. And so TensorFlow 2 was a big push to, to uh, get aligned with that. Um, now, I understand totally with that, that TensorFlow certificate, I understand that a really big thing about it, Harlan, is that it allows people to, to get this. It's a Google certified um, like certification, right? And it's very difficult to get. There's only a small number of people on the planet that have it, right? Absolutely. But it's not to be confused with the uh, Google developer certification, which is even harder to get. Like very, very few people have it. It's like, uh, for example, uh, uh, I have um, a great um, friend in Serbia who we actually work together. And... Uh, He's the only one in Serbia to have it because it's so difficult. In France, I think only uh, uh, only 10 or 20 people have it. It's basically the hardest uh, IT uh, uh, certification exam to take. So not to be confused with it, uh, but still you're right. Uh. That the Google, uh, uh, sorry, the TensorFlow uh, certification is uh, quite hard to get. That's why we, we made a very uh, exhaustive uh, course on this and uh, with a lot of practical activities and exam samples for, for students to practice and be completely ready when they take the exam. But um, yeah, yeah uh, now quite uh, many developers have it and uh, they benefit a lot from it because basically the, the major benefits of having this certification is that you, you level up. You level up not only in your skills, but in your job. And uh, by having the certification also, you, you get higher chance to, to land a great uh, IT job in a top firm. So that's the major benefit. Nice, nice, nice. So just uh, help me be crystal clear on this uh, so that I'm understanding that whether there's two or three different certificates that we're talking about here. So yeah. there's obviously, there's the TensorFlow certificate course yeah. that yeah. you created yes. uh, and that is available from Super Data Science at superdatascience.com. Yes. Um, there's the Google developers, uh, kind of this TensorFlow certificate that you're saying is very difficult to obtain, but your course is kind of like a stepping stone to be able to obtain that very difficult certification, right? Uh, so uh, by very difficult, are you talking about the TensorFlow certification ex uh, certification or the Google Developer certification? Yeah, I guess this. So there's, I uh, yeah, this is what I'm trying to understand. So there's, so then there's three that we're talking about. There's no, no, there, your... are, there are only two. Oh, there are oh, only two certifications. Only two. Okay, okay. Yeah. I see it. So basically, there are only two certifications. There is the TensorFlow Developer Certificate and the Google Developer Certificate. 
Uh, and um, the one extremely hard to get, and you even have to take 15 interviews to get it with uh, Google partners, you know, that check uh, in uh, super depth your knowledge. So extremely hard to get, and that's the Google Developer Certificate. So that has nothing uh, to do it. with a um, TensorFlow Developer Certificate, uh, which uh, my uh, course is about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> the course that I have uh, prepares yeah, students yeah, yeah. to uh, to to uh, yeah, a difficult uh, exam, but not too difficult, you know, once you practice and all. So. Uh, that's why more people Amazing. have it. Yeah. Okay. Now I understand. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying for me. No worries. Um, and hopefully that's useful for the audience too. Eliminating unnecessary distractions is one of the central principles of my lifestyle. As such, I only subscribe to a handful of email newsletters, those that provide a massive signal to noise ratio. One of the very few that meet my strict criterion is the Data Science Insider. If you weren't aware of it already, the Data Science Insider is a 100% free newsletter that the Super Data Science team creates and sends out every Friday. We pore over all of the news and identify the most important breakthroughs in the fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. The top five, simply five news items. The top five items are handpicked the items that we're confident will be most relevant to your personal and professional growth. Each of the five articles is summarized into a standardized, easy-to-read format and then packed gently into a single email. This means that you don't have to go and read the whole article, you can read our summary and be up to speed on the latest and greatest data innovations in no time at all. That said, if any items do particularly tickle your fancy, then you can click through and read the full article. This is what I do. I skim the Data Science Insider newsletter every week. Those items that are relevant to me, I read the summary in full. And if that signals to me that I should be digging into the full original piece, for example, to pour over figures, equations, code, or experimental methodology, I click through and dig deep. So if you'd like to get the best signal to noise ratio out there in data science, machine learning, and AI news, subscribe to the Data Science Insider, which is completely free and no strings attached, at superdatascience.com slash DSI. That's superdatascience.com slash DSI. And now, let's return to our amazing episode. So, okay, so that was your one really big project yes. since, um, since the last time you were on the episode. Uh, and I know you wanted to talk about um, another really big project, but I think I know what that is. And so just before you get to that one, uh, I want to also mention that there's some really big things that you've done in the data science space. You've got this AI crash course book that was published by Pact. Um, uh, yes. And, and yeah, you have, in general, not just this TensorFlow certificate, but dozens of courses on AI and ML that are available in Udemy. And um, I think there's probably been some development on some of those since, since we last spoke as well. So I just wanted to mention those so that the audience yeah, is aware of... yeah. Yeah, no, no, thank you for mentioning those. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, actually, uh, I released my book uh, at the end of 2019, December 2019. So indeed, I think I announced it on the last episode, but uh, it's always good to, to, to remind it because it's a great uh, complementary resource to, to the courses. And uh, of course, we, we do uh, TensorFlow inside. Uh, we, we do a lot of practical activities uh, and, uh, and that's very useful for the students. Uh, I'm actually getting some very nice feedback, so uh, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, 
Um, so can I move on to the, the second big uh, announcement? A hundred percent, Hadley. I know you've been waiting and I keep delaying it. So let's get to uh, it. Yeah, I'm excited. It. Because there is actually a, a big uh, parallel uh, between the first, well, you know, what I've been doing for the past couple of years, uh, you know, transferring knowledge and this second announcement. So basically, I'll, I'll say it right away and then I'll develop. Uh, the second announcement is that uh, um, I am uh, I am doing cinema. Yeah, I, I was trying to look for a, <laughs> a cool way to say it, but <laughs> I am doing cinema. I am acting in films uh, in India, uh, in uh, Bollywood. Oh, uh, nice. It is Bollywood. I knew it was India, and I was like, I, I <laughs> suspect it's Bollywood, but I don't know enough about it to be like, is it definitely Bollywood? Cool, yeah. so it's Bollywood. I'm even looking forward to hearing about like what that culture is like, but yeah, I'll let yeah. you talk. I'll Tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, what I really want to say first, you know, to, to, to highlight this parallel, is that there is a, a big common denominator between uh, making courses and uh, making films. And, mm. and that comes from my inspiration. You know, it, it, it's kind of the same inspiration. The inspiration is to share something, right? So right. with my courses, what I've been sharing is knowledge, right? I had this huge inspiration to share my knowledge in IT, AI, machine learning and all. And now, by making films, by acting in films... I'm also sharing something, which is not knowledge, but this time emotion. So right. I had this huge inspiration to, to share emotions. And, uh, and so basically, I'm switching from sharing knowledge in my courses to sharing emotions in films. And I think that comes from the same deep inspiration that I have in me. Um, and maybe uh, at some point I will also share uh, knowledge in uh, future movies, uh, hopefully, you know, because uh, movies are, of course, about sharing, conveying emotions uh, from your character to the audience, but also you can spread a, a strong message in your films and you, can, uh, uh, and, and you can transfer knowledge through that message. And of course, then if you're doing some uh, uh, documentary movies or historical movies, uh, you're sharing even more knowledge. So. Uh, I think uh, this is not a coincidence or this is, uh, you know, uh, meant to be that I'm uh, switching uh, uh, from uh, data science to films. By the way, I'm not completely switching from data science to films. Uh, I'm just doing that on the side and uh, I'm still very inspired to share knowledge. It's just that I, I shared all the possible knowledge I could and, uh, and, um, and uh, I've shared basically all the skills I had in AI. But uh, of course, I, I'm still staying in the game, and um, and as soon as there are some big uh, new updates in AI or big uh, progression uh, or uh, you know big new topics to teach within the AI ecosystem, I'll be very happy to to make another course yeah. and, and, and transfer a new knowledge. You know, very but right cool. now, yeah, my, my, the top of my inspiration is to share emotions, and uh, and so that's why. Uh, uh, you know, I um, embarked myself upon this uh, uh, Bollywood uh, film, uh, mm. and this was an amazing experience. We have just uh, finished uh, the shooting. Uh, now the movie is in post-production, and uh, it will be released in uh, October, hopefully. You know, that's the best uh, ideal scenario, uh, October, but uh, there's always some delay, so I, I suspect it will be released by uh, November. But, uh, wow, I had so much fun uh, doing this. And, uh, you know, when I was acting, I really had the, this uh, sensation that I was, you know, because my character ha actually has a lot of uh, 
strong emotions in the movie. Uh, so uh, it really resonates well with uh, my why of doing films, you know, uh, of uh, my inspiration. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, the Perfect. big, the second announcement. I hope the super data science uh, community will be uh, <laughs> excited to see the movie. Uh, for sure, it will uh, look very weird uh, for them because they have been used to, uh, you know, <laughs> listening to my voice only in the courses, and suddenly they will see my face and see uh, me uh, doing some. Uh, dramatical uh, behavior on film so th this will be very weird for them but uh, i hope they will enjoy the movie nice well so hadlan what's the can you tell us the title of the film or anything about the plot yes of course of course so um, the, the the title of the film is uh, faraz it's spelled f a r a a z uh, and it's uh, directed by a great like one of the top bollywood directors who's named uh, hansal meta uh, he's a great director. I really enjoyed working with him because uh, he really, um, it's like um, we had a common vision on my scenes, you know. Uh, um, uh, uh, he, he, he had a vision and, and I was able to, to deliver uh, what he wanted. So, uh, but of course, that, that is thanks to his uh, great uh, guidance and, uh, and uh, great, uh, you know, communication with uh, the actor. So, so I, I'm really grateful and feeling totally blessed to, to have worked with him. And, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I'm so excited about the, the movie now. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be released soon. Nice. So Hadlan, this makes perfect sense to me. Now that you've explained everything about what you've been doing over the last two years, uh, you know, when I first found out that you were working on cinema, I was like, what's the connection? How, like, how did this happen? <laughs> but yeah. now that you've explained it, it makes perfect sense. And so, you know, you are an outstanding presenter. And, you know, you, you think of ways of, you know, how can I best convey something to the audience? And that has what, that's what is, has allowed you over these dozens of courses in the last few years to impact many, many millions of people around the world and why your courses are so beloved. And so it doesn't surprise me that you're able to transfer that capacity to conveying emotions and maybe in the future other kinds of messages through film and it also makes perfect sense to me given how incredibly productive you were over your years working in data science i mean you i i can't even imagine how many hours every week were spent creating content because it's oh, yeah. just prolific um, oh, yeah. so much work so much work i, I remember uh, when i made my first courses i would I was literally spending all my time uh, making the courses. I, uh, I I did a complete sacrifice on social life. Actually, uh, I was even working twenty four hours on the weekend. And actually, um, uh, I, I'm quite well known in this business for uh, having had this uh, three hours uh, sleep routine. You know, really. Uh, if you listen to the the first um, uh, SDS podcast episode I did. This was the main topic of the episode. Uh, Kirill highlighted that uh, I only slept three hours every night or even uh, during the day because each time my sleep was shifted uh, uh, by uh, one more hour the next day uh, because I was basically going to sleep when I was completely exhausted, like with 0% energy. I slept three hours and, uh, and then I, I went back to my office to, to, to make my courses. So, so yes, it was incredible hard work and uh, I'm glad you mentioned this because this is another... Uh, um, common points with uh, the movies, like making this movie was extremely hard work as well. We shot uh, from 5 a.m. to, you know, we woke up at 5 a.m., we, we got on set at 6 a.m., 
and uh, we shot until 11 p.m. Wow. So it's like a, the wow. same incredible hard work process uh, that I went through. Uh, and so, yeah, there is definitely another parallel with that. And, um, and I can even uh, highlight uh, another big parallel uh, that you will enjoy to hear. It's the fact that in my courses, when I shared my knowledge, I was already very theatrical. Um, actually, one of the reasons why my courses were appreciated is because I was um, very engaging while explaining the AI topics. I was uh, very excited, you know, always uh, uh, with um, some uh, a big uh, voice modulations, which is a technique we have to do in films, for example, when acting. So I was already I was already very theatrical, and so that definitely helped, uh, you know, as you said, uh, presenting something in the movies as well. Nice. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, I didn't know about this three-hour sleep routine. I'm guessing that if it, if it was your first episode uh, in which you were talking about that, I went and I looked it up in um, the past episodes. It looks like that was episode number two of the Super Day Design show yes. right at the beginning yes. uh, in 2016. Absolutely. So that's um, <laughs> So people can scroll all the way back uh, to get to that <laughs> episode number two. Uh, crazy. Uh, you know, that's more than 500 episodes ago. Um, wow. Wow. Great work we, also on the podcast. huh? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's 80 or 90% of those are, are Kirill. And, you know, if I was left with, uh, you know, if I had been left to create a podcast, I don't think I would say we should do two episodes a week <laughs> on top of like already having in Kirill's case or my case, a full, you know, other jobs, um, where this no. is something we just do on the side twice a week seems crazy, but with Kirill having done that, I kind of felt like there was this bar that I had to meet and it's very interesting. I'm sure this is something similar to what you've experienced with all of the accomplishments you've had is when somebody presents you with this challenge and you have this example of somebody who has done it. You think, yes. okay, I'm going to somehow, I'm going to make this work. And it's turned out I've been able to make two episodes a week since I took over in January, which if, yeah, that's if amazing. I'd been left to my own devices, I never would have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great podcast. Very, very successful. I actually, uh, you know, still get uh, more or less every day uh, people, you know, LinkedIn connections uh, from people who listen to the podcast episode and who uh, mentioned the sleep again. Uh, I, I get uh, I get wow. some uh, feedback about that. The, uh, basically, it's always the same thing. They they ask me if I still sleep three hours per night, which I don't. Okay. Anymore. It was only okay, yeah. during the lunch. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know too. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, it, it, it only lasts uh, one year actually, uh, because then uh, my my body could not follow, and and plus uh, it, it has to do with passion. I was extremely passionate uh, to to make my first courses course because you know you're launching your business you uh you are on your purpose you 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 create something so you're extremely passionate and that's why i could get up my bed after only three hours of sleep wow i've read a lot about um these kinds of techniques so um my academic background is in neuroscience and part of that is ah, studying okay. how we sleep very interesting and i remember reading at that time that it is possible to train people to do this, to be so about three hours, that's like the minimum before really bad things start to happen physiologically at less than three hours. Um, yeah. 
And so I don't know if you know this from the time that you were doing it, but um, a lot of scientists think that the reason why humans sleep for eight is because that historically, when we were hunter-gatherers tens of thousands of years ago, when, we, when, our, uh, when our species evolved, um, we needed about 16 hours a day to collect enough energy resources to survive. And, oh. and then you spend the rest of the eight hours asleep to protect yourself, to avoid getting in trouble. And the reason why this hypothesis um, is so strong is that when we look at other animals, basically the amount of time that they sleep corresponds to the time that they don't need to be gathering food. So um, if you are a horse or a cow, you're a big animal, but you're basically only Which eating I am, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you're with a cow sweater. So yeah. uh, that, that makes perfect sense. That's why you need to uh, yeah. sleep so little. So That's they need so to spend so yeah, they need to be eating grass like all day, like 17, 18, 20 wow. hours maybe of just consuming grass. And so they can't sleep for, you know, eight hours, 10 hours, but a cat or a dog they can get all of their nutritional requirements in just a few hours a day. And so oh. then they sleep the rest of the day. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense now. That's very so, interesting. I did not know that. So, um, so these scientists think that mammals need at minimum about three hours of sleep in terms of your physiological processes, in terms of their base requirements. But all of the rest of that sleep is dependent just on your energy gathering needs uh, when your species evolved. Um, oh, okay. So it, so from that, these scientific studies were saying, okay, well, then how do we get humans down to three hours? And one of the ideas, maybe this is similar to what you did, I'd love to know, is um, reducing the amount of sleep by 15 minutes a night every week to get you from eight hours, and then after four weeks, you're down to seven hours, and then after another four weeks, you're down to six, and gradually you can get down to three. Um, but so that's, that's one approach that I've heard uh, works pretty well. Um, but no matter what, and I'd love your feedback on this as the first person that I've ever spoken to that's only slept for three hours a night. My understanding from those studies of these people who would get down to three hours of, of sleep every night, their cognitive performance and their physical performance was as good as when they were sleeping their full amount. Oh, yes, but for sure. Yeah. they reported feeling very tired all the time. <laughs> that I was really like the main downside. Yeah, you didn't have that? No, 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 but uh, I forgot to mention something. So I was basically sleeping my three hours per night or per afternoon or per morning. Uh, but I was also doing some power naps. So um, indeed, right. at some point, you know, when working, uh, I'm having, I'm feeling a huge, um, uh, heavy, uh, you know, uh, uh, sleep need. And, and then it, when it happens, I, I would just do a, a 10 minute power nap, and, but not more than 10 minutes, huh? And I would get back on my office. Uh, so, and I was having maybe five power naps uh, per day, plus you know, you know, besides the three hours sleep. Uh, oh, I see. So I, see, I guess I see. that was my way of surviving. But again, I think it has to do with passion, because I was extremely passionate. I think the the, the passion was stronger than the need of sleep, and therefore I, I don't remember myself being uh, very exhausted all the time or very oh, uh, you know tired. Nice. Yeah. And it maybe the big difference work. there yeah. is that, yeah, in your case, the sleeping so little was driven by an internal desire 
Whereas in any of these studies, it is something that's mandated by the study. It's like, okay, wow. next week you're going to reduce your sleep by another 15 minutes. And they're like, oh my goodness, like, like <laughs> another 15 minutes. Like I'm already so tired um, yes. because yeah, yeah, they don't necessarily have the passion backing it up. Yeah, exactly. I really believe it has to do with this also. Yeah. Nice. So, okay, I, I understand very well now these parallels between um, the content creation that you've been doing over the last few years and that it sounds like is inevitable and that it's going to happen again, um, yes. as well as what you're doing in cinema. And so it was, it's, it's this idea of passion driving what you'd like to do. And so how, how did you end up, how, how did this route present itself to you? How did you decide or how did you become um, confronted with this opportunity to create film? And how, or why specifically did you choose Bollywood as, um, mm. you know, as, as the place to, to, to have that passion expand? Okay. So uh, uh, thank you so much for asking this question. Uh, I love this question because uh, I'm fascinated by the answer. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm a very rational person, uh, but uh, I also believe in, uh, you know, things you can't yet explain. And so the first answer to your question is, you know, how I got into this is uh, by, I think, the law of attraction, which uh, you can't really rationalize uh, really well today, but which I really believe. You know, it's the fact that uh, when uh, you really think about something, uh, it happens. You know, uh, basically, uh, you become the product of your thoughts. And um, I had been thinking quite for a, a while, you know, for a couple of years, to do this, to, to do films. Uh, so once again, it, it comes from my deep inspiration. Uh, at first, my inspiration brought me to share knowledge, uh, but later it brought me to sharing emotions. So I had been thinking more and more about this, and there is actually an anecdote that uh, Kirill will love to hear. Uh, we basically went on a motorcycle trip in New Zealand, and, uh, and, and uh, Kirill at some point kind of uh, woke up that inspiration because he said, you know, we were uh, filming this very cool motorbike scene in the mountain on off-road, and, uh, and he said, oh, wow, uh, this looks like a movie. You could become a great actor. <laughs> and, and kind of woke me up, you know, woke up that inspiration. Uh, and so since then, since that moment, by the way, thank you, Kirill, because <laughs> it, it could be thanks to him, all this, you know. Uh, since that moment, since that moment, I, 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 I started to think more and more about this. And so, you know, more and more of my thoughts were about cinema. And... and and with the law of attraction, which is that, you know, you become the product of your thoughts by basically thinking about this, visualizing it, and asking for it. Well, um, you know, by the mystery path in life, I ended up uh, meeting someone at some point that uh, is connected to the Bollywood industry. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, by uh, one um, uh, mean to another, I, I, I got to audition for this movie and uh, and, and got the, the the part which was amazing uh so wow. I said, okay well this is a great opportunity and and i ended up uh, making this film so i was super 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 grateful and, and 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 now that i did it and that i completely loved it i want to do more films i want to do more films and now this is going to lead me to your second question why bollywood mm -hmm. uh so it's just because um, my opportunity was, you know, led me right. to Bollywood. But in fact, 
I would be super happy to do also uh, Hollywood or uh, even um, uh, you know British uh, British cinema or even French cinema. Uh, so uh, it, it's just the, um, uh, the, the 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 randomness of uh, of life that got me to Bollywood, and I really enjoyed that experience. So I would love to do some more Bollywood movies, but I'm completely open to to other uh, film industries. Uh, uh, and also the, the, the you know the, there is a rational way to explain how I got into Bollywood. It, it's not only the law of attraction; it's also the fact that I, I you know lived in Dubai and uh, and that's only three hours away from Bollywood, right? right. Uh, so, so yeah, that that's the thing. I um, uh, I, I know a lot of uh, Indian people in Dubai. Uh, mm. I actually uh, my, my 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 girlfriend is actually Indian. And she's she's also an actress. She's a stage actress switching to films, uh, but all you know, all these elements are, uh, led me to Bollywood, and that's definitely uh, partly due to the fact that uh, it's so close to Bollywood. Uh, for example, I was in uh, Mexico. Maybe I would have uh, ended up in Hollywood. You know, we we don't know. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, that that's the thing. There is both a, a rational explanation to this and uh, an irrational or spiritual explanation to this. I don't know how to say it best, but uh, yeah, that's basically how I think I got into this. Nice. That is super cool to hear that, Hadalan. And so just so that I understand a little bit better about Bollywood. So mm-hmm. like Hollywood, it's a physical place, right? I guess. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the name is kind of inspired by Hollywood, right? Uh, and so what yeah. are the differences between Bollywood cinema and like Western cinema? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Great, great question again, because I actually asked it myself and I had to ask myself this question in order to, uh, you know, not uh, be a fool in the, the Bollywood movies. Uh, so, so basically, yeah, first to, to answer your first question, yeah, Bollywood is, uh, is basically Bombay, all right? It's the city of Bombay, but because uh, uh, the see. city of Bombay is full of uh, film studios, uh, we also call it Bollywood, okay? Uh, uh, we even call it the industry over there. They call it the industry, you know, because this is the major industry, film industry. They don't call it film industry; they just call it industry. So, so yeah, that that that's the that's the thing. Uh, now, uh, the big difference between Bollywood and Hollywood is that um, in Bollywood, um, how should I say this? Uh, they are much more expressive. Uh, you know, with their way of acting. It's much more uh, theatrical. Mm. The expressions are much stronger, a little bit exaggerated mm. uh, than uh, Hollywood, where, you know, the expressions are maybe more natural, more subtle, and uh, mm. uh, and less uh, theatric- theatrical. So that's the major uh, difference uh, I understood. However, I'm seeing kind of um, uh, like a smooth transition uh, into you know the, the like the western style because I watched a lot of Bollywood movies and so indeed uh, 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 in a lot of them you know especially the the old ones or you know the ones from ten or twenty years ago uh, I, I see indeed some very exaggerated or theatrical or strong uh, expressions in movies but in the latest ones for example Kapoor and Sons or uh, or Barfi or which which are Bollywood movies. Uh, well, I could see uh, some much bigger similarities with the Western films, like with more uh, subtle expressions, uh, natural expressions. And so I, I think I'm happy about that because um, the director told me that I was a, a more uh, subtle actor than a theatrical actor. So um, uh, it, it's quite a, 
it's quite perfect for me if there is this transition. But anyway, as we said, I, I'm open to every industry. So hopefully I will uh, be in uh, other uh, industries as well, not only Bollywood. Uh, but yes, that's the major difference uh, I, I noticed. And of course, the, the, the other big difference, obvious difference, is that uh, Bollywood movies are in Hindi and Hollywood movies are in English. Ah. Uh, but uh, we actually see more and more of English lines or scripts in Bollywood movies. That's another thing. So I think there is kind of a westernization of, uh, of Bollywood movies right now. And that's, uh, that makes sense because right now the, the, the world is becoming more and more connected. Uh, you know, Indian people are now all on Netflix, so they have access to the Hollywood movies. And so they uh, mm. start to like the Hollywood movies more and more. And therefore, the Bollywood movies are getting closer to, 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 to them. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm really observing this uh, transition and it's fascinating. Do you speak Hindi, Adla? Yes, yes, I do. I mean, I'm learning I'm Hindi and uh, I speak uh, the basics, uh, beginner level. Yeah. So in, but, in uh, this film, Faraz, were you speaking English or Hindi? No, no, no. I, I, all, all my lines are in English. And uh, I, even, I, I even say a line in French. Uh, the director asked me to to do a line in French to to show uh, a certain kind of emotion. I don't want to, uh, you know, um, um, how do we say uh, spoiler? I don't want to, uh, yeah, spoil, yeah, yeah, spoil yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I say a line in French. Yeah. Nice. Okay, that's cool. Well, everything that you're talking about, this idea of law of attraction and that kind of thing, I think is very important and applicable to anyone in in any yes. career. So whether you, whether you're listening as a data scientist or anything. Um, this idea of, uh, you know, your mental state changing, you have this idea because Krill, uh, tells you in the mountains of New Zealand that yes. you could be in a film and then you, you think about this more and more and you can, you can look for opportunities. And so, uh, an opportunity, uh, that would have presented itself either way, uh, you don't even notice it if you're not looking for it. But once you, if you're thinking about it, then you're, you're looking for it. And all of a sudden you accumulate these opportunities. A book recommendation that I highly recommend for the audience is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is full of exercises that allow you to kind of rekindle your uh, creative self that you might have had as a child and that we tend to lose as adults. And that book was huge in allowing me to transition from just a data scientist typing code <laughs> to a data scientist having more creative ideas working with code. And, um, uh, and then eventually that led to, you know, this creativity of creating lots of different um, courses and talks. Uh, and eventually this podcast is super data science podcast. So um, uh, while working uh, from a hotel lobby uh, to get internet um, in Dubai, his battery ran out just as we were about to finish wrapping up the episode, but I got from him that, uh, his book recommendation, other than of course, his own AI crash course for you data scientists is, um, uh, is the secret or the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. So these are great books for, um, uh, learning about the law of attraction in your own life. Um, the alchemist, for example, is a fictional work, but it's, um, it lays out these ideas of how you can, um, yeah, follow, follow your passion and find your purpose in life. So great recommendations. And then Adelan let me know that the best ways to stay up to date on what he's doing, whether it's in Bollywood or on Udemy or superdatascience.com 
is via LinkedIn. So he has a huge LinkedIn following there of tens of thousands of people. And he's also on Instagram. And um, yes, of course, we'll have links to both of those in the show notes for the episode. What an inspiring character Hadlin is. I'm so happy to have finally had the chance to meet him. In today's episode, we discussed the prestigious TensorFlow certificates available to data scientists and software engineers who'd like to demonstrate their chops in deep learning. We talked about the parallel between making courses where one shares knowledge and making films where one shares emotions. We talked about how the same traits that make an outstanding data scientist like passion and hard work can enable someone to succeed in any field of their choice. And we covered books to stimulate your own creative flame or enable you to discover new obsessions and fulfill them with fervor. As always, you can get all the show notes, including the transcript for this episode, the video recording, any materials mentioned on the show, the URLs for Hadlan's LinkedIn and Instagram profiles, as well as my own social media profiles at superdatascience.com slash 505. That's superdatascience.com slash 505. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd of course greatly appreciate it if you left a review on your favorite podcasting app or on the Super Data Science YouTube channel, where we have the video version of the episode. To support the Super Data Science company that kindly funds the management, editing, and production of this podcast without any annoying third-party ads, uh, you could create a free login to their learning platform at superdatascience.com or consider buying a usually pretty darn cheap Udemy course published by Ligency, an affiliate of Super Data Science, such as the 800,000 copy selling machine learning A to Z by Hadla himself, along with former SDS podcast host Kirill Aramenko, or my own Mathematical Foundations of Machine Learning course, which is also available in Udemy. All right. Thanks to Ivana, Jaime, Mario, and JP on the Super Data Science team for managing and producing another amazing episode for us today. Keep on rocking it out there, folks, and I'm looking forward to enjoying another round of the Super Data Science podcast with you very soon.